no, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> And thus concludes yet another Premier League season. Season 22-23 is in the books. The third season that we have uh, covered in, uh, uh, in the 40-yard switch, I think. Or at least two and three quarters, roughly. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, in our 98 episodes. This, this is episode 98. Um, yeah, so what a ride it's been this year. What a ride we've been on as we close in on episode 100. Uh, yeah, quite a quite a bit of drama in the final day. Uber, how are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling uh, feeling relieved. Yeah. Um, obviously, that that was probably probably the main like get game of interest on the final day. It was um, the only one I was watching. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, t- together with Leicester, um, Leicester's game against West Ham. Um, but yeah, and. I mean, spoke about last week how how it was. I mean, Bournemouth were a good side, and I, and I wasn't feeling that confident. And it was very close, but um, yeah, just just relief. I think yeah, it's it's definitely feel like it's a d- different feeling to last season. Yeah, because last season came out of the blue a bit more. And last season, I think you'd already you'd wrapped up staying up before the last game of the season. Mm, as yeah, well. yeah. Um, but yeah, relief. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, uh, obviously the, the the biggest thing of note is Everton uh, hold off Bournemouth to win one nil at Goodison Park, negating any of the other results that may have um, affected the outcome of the relegation battle. Leicester did win, to their credit, but it was for naught, as Everton stay up uh, by two points, uh, sending Leicester, Leeds, and Southampton, who were already relegated some weeks ago, down to the Championship. Just by the way, the, the Championship is is stacked next year with like historically big clubs mm. like Sheffield Wednesday uh, Blackburn uh, Leicester Leeds Norwich like all of the West Brom Sunderland there's so Bolton I think well, I can know Bolton out there but like there's, there's a bunch of like historically huge clubs and two clubs that have won the Premier League like in the Premier League era yeah in Blackburn and Leicester which is just wild yeah that's crazy but yes uh, first and foremost Everton um now I watched the entire game to my own uh, personal detriment, uh, staying up till past three o'clock in the morning, and like it felt, if 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 it was a game that was like in any other context of the se- in any other like round of the season that didn't have the context it had, I don't think it would have been considered as close because stats wise, uh, balance of play wise, Everton dominated. They didn't yeah. dominate possession, but they dominated shot chances created. They dominated shots on target. They dominated total total attempts. But um, Bournemouth, you know, passed it about nicely. So like there was that to it. But like uh, they didn't really create much of note, and mm-hmm. I guess they didn't really have to because you know they had nothing really to play for. But yes, with the added element of the final day, it was a very nerve wracking um, game. More so. Not more so worrying about whether or not, whether or not Everton were going to score, than whether or not Bournemouth were going to score. But yeah, then yes, Adelaide Kure, what a goal to score at what a moment! Yeah, huge, very very well hit. Um, like he, he yeah he had a bit of time to set himself, but yeah, 
very well hit given it was such a such a big goal as well and yeah the the response from the Goodison crowd was a bit bit ridiculous yeah mm. uh, yeah no absolutely lifted the roof off, off Goodison Park and Goodison Park yeah like, like I said like one of the best atmospheres in the league um, I'd, I'd argue top three probably uh, and yeah, like there was obviously nervy, nervy moments at times when the Leicester results were sort of ringing through around people's phones across the stadium. But for the most part, they held their own as getting their team over the line. Mm. So yeah, um, did you see Sean Dyche's post-match interview? No, I didn't. It's worth a watch. He was very like delight for the players, obviously, but then like for about three quarters of it, he's like, "This is not good enough. We shouldn't be here. Like, so there's so much to do in the off season." we've got to like do so much we cannot be here again next season like yeah and he was like yep great cool we won but like way bigger fish to fry and i was like that's the sign of of a manager who knows what's up yeah and not getting carried away with it i mean because because there's, there's, there's lots of stuff online about you know making fun of i suppose everton for like celebrating too much the fact that they stayed up um and it's very i think it's very easy to get excited when you like when you avoid you know the fate of getting relegated yeah um but yeah i mean it's it's it's, it's definitely good that he's that he's focused on not being there again next season because i mean a, a lot of work needs to be done in, in order to avoid that i reckon yeah and he, he said something that really stuck out to me was a quote he said he said we're not a big team or we haven't been a big team on the pitch this season and like obviously everton are a massive club historically and like fan base size wise nine league titles etc yeah but he's like yeah last like this season and i guess last season but he was talking about this season he's like we have not played like a big club we haven't been a big club on the pitch and like that's true to form and yeah i just think it was very refreshing because i don't remember exactly what frank lampard was saying in post-match press conferences again after the crystal palace game at the end of last season Mm. but it it definitely didn't ring to that effect Mm. it was a lot more like relief so happy for the players blah 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 blah. whereas this was like yeah cool whatever we've got we've got serious business to attend to in the off season yeah I mean he's a he's a far more experienced manager and a far more um I don't know just strong leader than Frank Lampard I think I mean, Frank Lampard always had that on the pitch, but he doesn't seem to have it as much as a manager. No. It's a bit... Um, anyway, not talking about Frank Lampard. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I I, mean, when Sean Dyche was appointed, like I think we both thought it was, was a good appointment. And I think he's done well to steer us clear of relegation. Um, and yeah, ho- hopefully he can go to like um, from strength to strength next season. Yeah. But, and also, I saw yeah, an interesting stat. It was like um, Everton's... Uh, points per ninety, I think it was since like since Sean Dyche, um, took over, or like it was some some stat like that, which um not like necessarily like it wasn't like Everton's league position since Dyche if, if the league started when Dyche finished Dyche started, it was just Everton's like points per ninety or something like that. Everton were twelfth, yeah, in that regard. So like I do think there's like, there's a lot of upside there, but yes, we've talked a lot about Everton and their upside. And the and the off season, the what will come in the off season. But yes, good to, for me personally, and obviously for you, um, good 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 season stay up because they are a staple in the Premier League. And I've been saying to Will Brough here, the, the league just wouldn't feel the same if Everton, the second longest stalwart in the Premier League, wasn't in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, a few more notes on the final day uh, in amongst the sort of meaningless games. Um, Villa beat Brighton, who were obviously probably taking a bit easy after solidifying their Europa League spot last week. And Villa won 2-1 to uh, secure a Conference League football next season, uh, meaning Tottenham will have no European football next season. But it's just good for Villa, considering where they were literally in and around the relegation zone when Gerrard was sacked, for them to have turned it around. Phenomenal job from Muno Emery. Yeah. And the playing the playing group has to give credit as well because essentially it's essentially the exact same playing group. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think for for Emery to come in and 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 turn it around like he did is is actually like very impressive. And I think I don't know. I reckon he's pro- probably could have been in in the conversation for like for manager of the season because that like that is huge. Yeah. To, to get into European places from where Aston Villa were, um, just before Gerard left, um. Is, is actually pretty crazy. And to, like, you know, to not really make any changes to the playing group. Yeah, with ex- virtually the exact same, what, 20-person yeah. squad. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I suppose it just shows... I mean, I don't know if it shows that Gerard's a bad manager, but maybe it just shows that he's not in that, quite there in, the, yet. in this context, he wasn't the man for the job. Mm, yeah. yeah. I just think, like, I'm not really... Like, just quickly, before we move on, I'm not ready to close the book on Gerard and Lampard as managers I just think they need to go away and earn their stripes yeah exactly Gerard did to a point you know doing so well with Rangers the undefeated season the you know the league title but it's a big jump up from the Scottish League to the Premier League I think they go they need to work and work their work their way up Lampard was had what a season at Derby and then was handed the Chelsea job on a platter yeah and like it's like yeah, you're not gonna. Le- you can't learn anything. Don't yeah, <laughs> you gotta. You gotta be like, quote unquote, in the trenches a little bit yeah. before you. Also, but ready. Like, but also, even the Rangers job, like it does. It it looks like Gerard went and worked more, but it's just because Lampard did so little. Yeah. Like Gerard, you know, realistically, you know, being Rangers manager isn't that difficult a job. No, I don't think. Like you're competing with one team, really. Yeah. In Celtic, so. Yeah, I. But yeah, I I agree with you. I don't think they're bad managers, but they just need to, yeah, l- learn stuff before getting the top jobs. And just it's just, it's just it's ex- experience science. under the belt. They're they're still like, what they're like they're forty one and forty two respectively. Like they'll have another thirty years to yeah be that. And just because there's some managers like Eddie Howe and Mikel Arteta who are already there, like it's everyone's got a different path. Yeah. But yeah. I think what, what Carrick's done, uh, I, I reckon, is a good one. Like, managing in the championship where, you know, you, you don't have heaps of funds at your disposal. Like, you kind of have to work with... I mean, th- there's money in it, but, like, you kind of have to work with what you've got, in a sense, and get the best out of the playing group that you have. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, what he's done at Middlesbrough is, is really commendable. Mm. Um, and I, and I, I, I think Lampard probably should have stayed at Derby for longer than he did. Yeah. But yes, but, uh, so congratulations. Sorry, yeah, you go on. I feel like the the other thing is like the, I think the management at these top clubs needs to be a bit more savvy as well. Yeah, because they kind of cave to the pressure of like the name Frank Lampard and and Steven Gerrard. Yeah, instead of like vetting them properly. Yeah, yeah you gotta you gotta wonder like how the board and director of footballs and all those type of people at these clubs sit down with these managers and then talk to them and maybe they're really good at convincing them of their vision but yeah there seems to be like there needs to be more of a thorough screening process for this mm. type of thing yeah I mean the the, the the Lampard to Chelsea one even seems like a bit like the first one a bit of a business move almost but yeah club hero yeah yeah, yeah. anyway 
Anyway, so congratulations Tangent. to Villa. Um, Jacob Ramsey's uh, thoughts aside of making the Conference League, it's it's a good achievement. <laughs> Surely he was taking the piss, though. You'd have to think so. Yeah, you'd yeah. Hope so. <laughs> For those who don't know what we're talking about, there's a, there's there's a video um, of Jacob of Jacob Ramsey on the Villa bus, looking at thousands and thousands of screaming Villa fans, being like, "It's only Conference League," and then. Esri Conza tells him to shut up and be more respectful. That's not exactly what he said, but I'm not going <laughs> to say exactly what he said. Um, okay, moving on. Final thing before we get into the fun stuff of this episode. Uh, Man United beat Fulham, uh, and along with Newcastle's one-all draw with Chelsea, it solidifies Man United's uh, third-place finish in the Premier League. Newcastle rounding out the top four in fourth. Um, I mean, uh, It's a successful season for United. It's, uh, and like... You know, we can come back here next week if Man United win the FA Cup and talk about whether 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 or not it's a better season than uh, Arsenal's. Right now, I'm going to say no, but it is still a successful season, third and a league and, and the first trophy um, in seven years. It's a job well done, Eric Ten Hag. Yeah, yeah. I think especially after like the way the first two games went, oh, I yeah. think it was what was it Brighton. Brighton 2 1 at home and then, and then Brentford 4 0. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's obviously done a very good job um, and has only started, you know, he's had one, um, well, I suppose two transfer markets now to to kind of bring the pieces together, but one main transfer market to bring, to, to bring it all together. Um, and I think once he gets a few more of those pieces, I think I think they'll approve again next season. You know, yeah, I agree. Um, so, yeah. That was the final day. That is the end of the Premier League season. Um, between now and the Women's World Cup, expect a fair bit of transfer silly seasonness from us. Uh, obviously, we've got reaction to the FA. <laughs> Peppy, calm down as the cat goes crazy next to me. Um, uh, we've got the FA Cup reactions next week and the Champions League reactions the week after. But then after that, it'll be a combination of... Uh, Silly season transfer content and uh, lead up to the Women's World Cup and then Women's World Cup content while it is transpiring. Um, but yes, as for now, uh, we like it is the end of the season, so it feels only right for us to get into our end of season awards. The best. Uh, we relish this time of year. Um, so to break it before we give it, give give you them to break it down. What will like Sky Sports have their four or five? They do. We do more because we like more. Uh, we have player of the season, young player of the season, manager of the season, signing of the season, uh, underachieving team, overachieving team, most improved player, biggest surprise, that can be a, a, a team situation, a moment, a game, uh, favorite moment of the season, that'll be personally for me and Wilbur, and uh, yeah, and that'll round us off, so what's that in total, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten awards. Uh, I guess we'll kick it off with team of the season if 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 we're let's do it. Have we got our finalized teams? Do you want to do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Well, how how do we how do we want to? Are we going play, position? Or, should, yeah, let's do position. Position, or, position. or like you know line line of players. By yeah, line okay. of players. So I'll I'll go first for goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, I've gone for Burn Leno. Burn Leno. That's mm. a, I, I I do rate that. It's a good pick. That's a good pick. I think. Um, I don't know. I feel. I feel like he's definitely. I mean, there's been lots of parts to why Fulham have been good this season. But I think having him in goal 
has really set the ship, especially given, I think in the past, I've probably spoken about lots in the podcast, but when, when things went bad for Marco Silva Everton, it was, it was defensively. And I think having Bird Leno in goals um, this season for, for his Fulham team was, was really important. And yeah, he just stats wise as well, had a great season. Yeah. Um, I was tossing up between three um, and the only thing that swayed me right at the end. So uh, the players that I was tossing up with were Allison, Nick Pope and David Rea. Yeah. Uh, and the only thing that ended up swaying me at, right today at the final uh, decision was the fact that um, Opta released their statistical team of the season, like t- uh, like position for position, which, which player... Uh, statistically was the best and so that's goalkeepers that's um, uh, goals prevented uh, expected saves over shots and all that type of thing yeah. so my pick is David Rea David Rea yeah um, you like him I, I like David Rea <laughs> um, I honestly I, and I really, I, every time I watch him play he seems to have he pull off at least one crazy save a game he like most notably the Tottenham game where they won 3-1 a couple of weeks ago he pulled off two or three really good saves uh, I think he's one of the best keepers with his feet in the league and I honestly think if he went to a top six team or a big six team, you'd really appreciate how good he is um, with a good defense. And that's not to say that Brentford's defense isn't good, but like, you know, Brentford's defense is pretty equivalent to where they are on the table, which is ninth. Yeah. Uh, I do. Th- and so I think that, yeah, I, I statistically, it's like statistically, he apparently, according to Opta, is, is the highest performing keeper this year. My eye test I would say overall, over the you know bill of the last five seasons or however long, Allison is the best keeper in the league. I I don't think he's had a down year this year, but I just think Liverpool, as a team, have had a down year this mm. year. So I can't really rate him there. Nick Pope, uh, part of is the keeper behind the best defense in the league, um, but I think that's also a lot to do with the defense in front of him. I'm not saying he's. I also think he's a great keeper. And also your pick, Burn Leno, again as well. I probably should have had him in my in my thoughts, um, but yeah, my my pick was David Rea in the end. Yeah, I th- I did. I mean, I, I thought about Allison and Pope because they were in the uh, <laughs> Jamie and and Gary's team. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think I mean Pope obviously had a great like a, a great season overall. I just remember the the League Cup semi final, and, and that's not even Premier League. So, but I don't know that, the handball that, moment. Yeah, I've got, I don't know what he did actually. Yeah, he like he came out and off. then like slipped and then like tried to whack the ball with his hand, mm. and it was like last man. Yeah, it was it was a moment of madness for sure. Yeah, and Allison. Yeah, I don't know. I think Allison. Allison is, is a, a case player. of like what in the NBA terms is like voter fatigue. Yeah. Like he's been rated so highly and and held at such a high standard for so long that like people seem to almost forget or underrate him a bit. Yeah, it's like expecting that he. Yeah. Like, he, need, he needs to go to the next level to be considered. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah. Two picks that maybe the casuals out there may not have seen coming from us. <laughs> but what can I say? We know ball. We know ball. Um, all right. I'll go next. Uh, my pick for right back is uh, Kieran Trippier. I feel like this is a bit of a no-brainer. Yeah, I've gone for Trippier yep. as well. Nice. All right. Take it away. Right center back. Um, well, I've... I've got I've got Stones and Diaz. Oh, Stones and Diaz, yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah, I've got uh, Stones and Botman. Botman, yeah. Uh, I think I for me I just had to have two players of the best defense in the league in the team. Yeah. So I went, uh, but then I was picking between Stones and Diaz, and like you could flip a coin between Stones and Diaz. 
but I, like I've said to you off air, uh, <laughs> I think Stones his ability to not only be as good a defender as Diaz, but then also evolve into this sort of line breaking, stepping into midfield defender this season to add a whole other dimension to his game. is just incredible. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a big, big John Stones fan. Um, and yeah, and then yeah, Sven Botman, um, just like, Kieran Trippier was already in that back four that finished 12th last year. Um, and I mean, yes, Dan Byrne was signed as well, but I think his inclusion was just been huge to like raise that back for another level. Yeah. yeah. But yes, I, I, it was going to be Stones and Diaz or Stones and Botman for me as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I definitely agree with you on both and especially what you said with Stones and yeah, I th- Diaz was, was just very good yeah. again this yeah. season. It's really just <laughs> he's, a really he's good ridiculous. defender. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, I think I think we spoke about it last week how, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? How? What? They they're, they're going to be like I reckon spoken about as as one of the better as the vintage yeah. Ferdinand Terry Carvalho yeah, yeah, yeah in yeah. a few years I reckon yeah I, I would agree I would agree um, all right left back um, you went it's 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 a tricky one tricky one isn't it yeah because yeah, yeah. there was there's no one sort of outstanding you know like a runaway I, winner I suppose yeah. a, a Cucurella from last season yeah, yeah but I've I've gone with I think a seed that you probably planted in my head a couple of weeks ago, but I've gone with Dan Byrne. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I, I rate it. I rate it. I feel, I feel like he was very, very like solid all season. And like, um, like is also like in, in terms of having him in the team is like good for like, you know, going up for set pieces and defending set pieces and, and was pretty dynamic at the same time. So yeah, I've gone with Dan Byrne. No, I rate it. Um, potentially controversial I was looking at Dan Byrne I was looking at Nathan Ake um, and I, initially I didn't have this guy in my running just because like, he's had trouble with injuries this season and defensively seemed to fall away a tiny bit towards the end of the season but I just think for how he when he came in transformed like defensively he was, was solid for three quarters of a season but offensively the way he transformed the team's play from the left back position um, and like that's not to say that the the team that he was on already didn't have a good left back. They did, but the way that he came in and just took the team to another level by playing an inverted fullback role and also being able to play outside a fix and checker. Yeah, because yeah. like yeah, he he, he 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 the impact that him and Jesus had on the team when they came in was just ridiculous. That that run up until like to the World Cup essentially was crazy. Even a little bit after the World Cup. Yeah, I think um. Like just generally speaking, the way that just the like just the way that Arsenal finished the season has had a massive impact on what the team, like how yeah. this team of the season looks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, time. and I think that's probably definitely the case with with Zinchenko as well. Like he just had that tapering off towards the end of the season that, like, um, is always gonna influence the way people think about about the whole yeah. season. But he was incredible at the start of the season and and, and did did change the team. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I, the only, that's the thing. The only thing that was keeping me from picking him was injuries and the slight tail off. But I was just like, he is one of the biggest reasons why we came up to finish second. Yeah. So I, I was like, yeah. But again, it could have been any number of players. Like, damn, like your back line, having two, the two players from two, from the two best defenses in the league makes a lot of sense. Mm. Yeah. Dan Byrne, potentially controversial pick, but anyway. Nah, he's, like, he's solid. He's a very solid player. 
All right. Uh, midfield three. We're playing a 4-3-3, uh, as is every team of the season that gets picked these these days. Because um, uh, like, we might have people in different positions across the midfield three. Let's just say three. Let's just say three. All right. Well, I've got uh, Rodri, Odegaard, Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, <laughs> the same. <laughs> I feel like I, I was going to say this is probably a less controversial pick. <laughs> yeah, no, um, and a bit potentially a no-brainer. But I just think, yeah, it's it's it's. I think it's hard to sort of pick anyone else. Rodri, we've mentioned, and, and you've mentioned, who has just been unbelievable this season. And, yeah, and he's sort of like doubts that we. Doubts that we might have had about him are completely gone. Yeah, we've voiced our doubts on him uh, around World Cup time last. Uh, no, around maybe Euro time last year. Yeah, but he, then he just didn't seem to have. I think what, what I used to think of him was that he was just like not that like hard in the tackle and stuff, but just did kind of like the simple things. Yeah, but I don't know. This season, he's I saw another stat today that. where it's like um, pass accuracy under pressure, and Rodri was like at the top of the list by like some distance, and I'm like, that's just in- yeah, incredible. I think crazy about him as well is he's 26. Yeah, wow, that's like, nuts. I didn't realize he was that young. Yeah, me neither. Um, then obviously De Bruyne. Yeah, led the league in assists again. Um, Turned it on in certain big games when he had to, most notably uh, City versus Arsenal at the Etihad. Yeah, he's just he's like one of the best midfielders in the world, if not the best midfielder in the world. Um, and is with every passing season, clo- getting closer to solidifying his um, legacy as potentially the greatest midfielder the Premier League has ever seen. Mm, yeah, when everything's said and done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, j- just his role in in this sort of Man City dynasty is is, is huge. And, yeah. And that's probably why that will be the case. He'll be in that conversation anyway. Yeah. And then Martin Odegaard, um, Arsenal's most consistent player throughout the entire season. Had mm. no... I had a couple of off games, but no discernible drop-off at any period, which the same can't be said. Oh. No, nah, yeah. The same can't be said for any other Arsenal player, in my opinion. Mm. And uh, I feel like, by the way, with, with Odegaard... When did, when did you get him? Uh, so we had him on loan last season no the season before last and then we got him last season yeah I think that's just an he incredible... became captain this year though yeah I think that's an incredible pickup maybe not spoken about that much because yeah. he's been so so good and yeah potentially didn't pay that much for him I don't know yeah how much 15 non-penalty goals for Arsenal this season the most by an Arsenal player ever in the right. Premier League era true no sorry the most by a mid- Arsenal midfielder ever. midfielder yeah, yeah. sorry <laughs> sorry Really? <laughs> I think there's a guy called Thierry on me that you might not have heard about before. All right, time for the front three. Uh, left side. I have... Should, should I go? Yeah, uh, yeah go. Mohamed Salah. Oh, I've got him on the right side. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he's in. You both got Salah. Yeah. I haven't necessarily picked players that fit the positions. Yeah, I've just picked the three best attackers. All right, well, who's my... on your left side then? Kane, Kane. Yeah. Ah, yeah. you've gone that, have you? <laughs> yeah, I've done that. I've done that. <laughs> I just couldn't have not have been. Mm. Like, I, I was like, I was, I was like, do I, do I say Wilbur, let's play four four two, and then just stick uh, Salah right, De Bruyne left, Rodri Odegaard in the middle, and then make it four four two? But I was like, nah, don't do that. So I've just picked. Yeah, yeah. What have you done? Well. <laughs> I've I've got Haaland obviously probably yeah, yeah, yeah. Got Haaland in your Shocker. team too yeah um and I've got Saka 
Saka, Salah, oh, interesting. But I think, you know, obviously Kane has had a better season than Saka has had. Yeah. But... Position specific, yeah. yeah. I just don't... Yeah. I, I, I think in these team of the seasons, there needs to be... Yeah. Like, and no one no one really plays two strikers anymore. Yeah. If so, we, so I'm not saying that you've done it wrong. No, yeah, if we were going to do that, I think that Salah and Saka play in the same position, so I would have picked Salah over Saka and I would have picked Rashford. Rashford. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had some honourable mentions. Yeah, um, go on. Uh, but just quickly on Saka, I think he had... He started the season ridiculously well. Um, Obviously... Um, is is well worth being in a but he he tapered off towards the end. But he I think tapered he off that. when Arsenal started to crumble. Yeah, and I think Salah is one of those ones that you're talking about with Allison and the fact that yeah he's 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 been so good for so long now. Yeah, and he might Liverpool had a bad season. And I think that reflected thirty one goal involvements despite Liverpool having an, like one of like possibly their worst season since Klopp. Since yeah, well, not since Klopp. Yeah, since Klopp joined, actually, yeah. And he wouldn't, and he would have had a lot more goal involvements if Darwin Nunez and Cody Gakpo could like finish you know, the finish dinner. it off, or if Diego Jota was in the team. So, yeah, or Luis Diaz was in the team. Yeah. Mm. Honorable mentions. I think uh, Gundogan. Yeah. Um, I think he. Yeah. Obviously, in in the run up to that, you know, in sorry, in in City's lead up to winning the league, what was incredible. Um, obviously. There was there was the moment against Everton, or the game against Everton where he killed her. But the, there was there was a lot where he's come in when De Bruyne potentially isn't there and just been, you know, you know probably not quite as good, but you know. Oh yeah, no, not, for sure. Not far off. Criminally underrated Gundogan. I think he's so class. Just in De Bruyne's shadow a bit, and then yeah, the the two up front are Rashford and Martinelli as honourable mentions yeah yeah for me I think yeah Martinelli had a dip just slightly slight dip post World Cup uh, but then yeah finished the season pretty strong uh, Rashford as well um, had a had a dip for maybe the last up until maybe the last two games of the season had a dip to, like for another month or two prior to that um, but yeah both both worth a shout I, I would also uh, extend a shout to um, Bruno Gumaraes, I think he, uh, yeah. he again had trouble with injury. I think maybe also got suspended once, but yeah, just he is incredible in that midfield. Mm. Um, also, Mitoma worth a shout. Not maybe not for team of the may, uh, you know I'd say worth a shout yeah. for team of the season. Like, but I think that it's no Brighton players. It, it, you can really be picked because they're just such a well old team. Mm. There's no real standouts. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That, that is a difficult part. But if you had to pick one player from Brighton that could be an honourable mention for this team, it would be Matoma. But, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, and, and not, not because he's the best player at Brighton, but just because the gap between the players in this team yeah, in their positions. Yeah. And I'm thinking of Caicedo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also quality. Yeah. All right, well, that's our team of the season. Um, we'll, for the first, we haven't posted anything on the Instagram for a while, but we will post these. Um, and yeah, you can give us your comments, thoughts, feelings, and yeah. Um, Damn burn. So that's team of the season. Let's uh, move on to player of the season. Uh, there's not much point hanging around on this one. <laughs> it's Erling Haaland. If yeah. anyone says anything different, they're an idiot. Yeah, yeah I was like... There's not really that much to say on this one, but uh, apart from the fact that 
It's probably been a while since there was such a clear unanimous yeah. winner yeah. of player of the season. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, only the sec the only the third player ever in Premier League history to win a uh, young player and player of the season after Ronaldo and Bale. Pretty True. good company to be yeah. in. <laughs> but yeah, obviously just ridiculous to do it in your first, yeah. First ever season, yeah. Um, so what we're going to do now is obviously um, in the real in the actual official Premier League awards, Haaland won player of the season, young player of the season. And let's be honest here, if he's winning both of those awards, he's probably signing of the season as well. Yeah. Uh, but in order to keep things interesting, we're gonna. I've written Erling Haaland three times, but I've also written in brackets a secondary player that you'd give it to if if you know you weren't allowed to give it to Erling Haaland. Yeah. So uh, I think we'll just pick the same and another a, a proxy player that could also win it. Yep. All right. So let's do young player of the season first. Uh, you wanna you wanna go? Um. Yeah. I've gone with uh, Bukayo. Yeah. Same here. No. Come on. I think it's. I mean, I was I was tossing up for. I mean, I think Martin Martinelli is is also in there. I think just Erdogan. Uh, no, uh, Saka's uh, overall goal involvements gets him over the line. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think someone else I was thinking of was uh, Alise, who's also had a very good season. Is the same age as Saka, but yeah, there's there's levels to it, and Saka was was just class. Yeah. No, agreed, agreed, agreed. Uh, so we'll get on to signing of the season in a second, but manager of the season is next. This one's a harder one because there's quite a few good candidates. Like we were saying, Emery was all, almost worth a shout. Yeah. Arteta, Pep, Eddie Howe, De Zerbi, like no. lots of good shouts in there. Um, who have you gone with? Um, I think I think Guardiola has to has to get this one. I've gone with Eddie Howe. You're going with Eddie Howe. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I can respect, I, I think, again, I think Pep, he he, Pep won it in the official ones, and like is very deserving. And if and if like outside of the Premier League, if he does win the treble this year, then like yeah, it's somewhat of a no-brainer. But I think for me, like it's it's yes, it partially is a little bit of like again, like I said, voter fatigue because City just he wins it most years, and City win it, you know, most yeah. years. Um, but for me, just the fact that like Eddie Howe. Took this, took the team when he took over was in the relegation zone to, to, to finish twelfth last year. And yes, they've had money and good investment, but to take them then from twelfth to Champions League football for the first time in a long time, uh, fifteen or more years, mm. possibly over over, over two decades, um, is just such an achievement. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And and we, we were talking at the start of last episode about how you know the the. Purchasing power parity kind of argument around it. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, it, it, it is probably like, you can make the argument that Eddie Howe making Champions League football with a team that's kind of relative, like not really changed that much from what Steve Bruce had and was, you know, fighting off relegation mm-hmm. um, is potentially a harder job than Guardiola winning the league with that City team. Um, but... I think just, and I don't know. It's just this season, but you know, Guardiola, like what he's done over the last few seasons, just making them that powerhouse. I think it's hard to get past him. Yeah, he's the like yeah, he's the the best manager in the world. And um, the fact that they're probably going to win the Champions League as well. Yeah, yeah. like they're probably they're probably going to win the treble. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is yeah. Um, so yeah, no qualms with with that pick at all. 
Um, all right. So now, signing of the season. We, we finally may differ a little bit here. Um, I've gone with Sven Botman for reasons that I he made my team of the season. I think um, that defense was good and probably would have been good under Eddie Howe regard, uh, regardless, but I think he's taken it to making Champions League level good. Because all the play, like, uh, they had, they included Dan Byrne, but they already had Fabian Scher and Kieran Trippier when they finished 12th. Um, and as good as Dan Byrne, I'm not sure if they had Jamal Cells or uh, whoever else at centre back next to um, Fabian Scher with Dan Byrne and Trippier. They would have finished in the top four. I think he's yeah. taken them there. Um, and also, signing the season because I don't think he cost them that much. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, he only cost them around 30 million pounds. So. Mm. Very good piece of business. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 th- I think that's a great shout. But um, I've, I was tossing up between pro- probably a bit of United bias, but I was tossing up between Casemiro Martinez. I had Martinez for a while, and then I switched to Sven Botman. So yeah, it's a good shout. Yeah, I think it's hard. It's hard to d- to like figure out which one of those is has been better for United because they've kind of combined to be very good for United, but. Um, I think Martinez was a bit cheaper, um, and I think just the issues, you know, at, at centre back that United had of yeah, I've gone with Martinez. Yeah, no, I, I, that's a good shout. Yeah. I think Martinez was cheaper, you're right? Um, and yeah, it's 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 hard to quantify what's a more what was a more glaring hole in the United yeah, team, centre back or yeah. defensive midfield. Um, but also, I I just yeah, I think. The United team was already starting to transform a bit. Maybe not when Harry Maguire was in the team, but once they started playing Varane and Martinez together, it was already starting to transform, and then Casemiro kicked it into another gear. Yeah. So I think, yeah, you have to... And also just for the way he proved everyone wrong too. Well, not everyone, but like some of the big pundits wrong. Yeah. Most people, I reckon. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't say I, I was necessarily like doubting him to the level that Jamie Carragher was doubting him, because I'd, I'd watched some clips of him at Ajax, and I knew, I knew he was solid, but I didn't think he'd be this good because mm. like when like, ha, like when in the Premier League in the last 15 years has a defender his height succeeded I know Fabio Cannavaro won a Ballon d'Or in 2006 but outside of that yeah yeah and another one I had in there was was Akanji I feel like he's been like I don't know just very dynamic for City um, yeah. like maybe you know maybe he's not a, as a key piece as Martinez and but he's, he's not as a key piece as uh, Martinez or Botman, but I think he's been very good. Yeah. Just a very good um, squad piece for City. No, agreed. Agreed. Um, he was also in um, Opta's uh, team of the season, uh, statistical team of the season. Was he? Yeah. yeah. DS and Akanji with the centre-backs. True. Um, all right. Now we're going to move on to some sort of team-specific, not player-specific awards. Um, or And this award is probably not one that any team would want to get, but the underachiever of the season. Um, I think for me this one's a bit of a no-brainer. Uh, to spend six hundred million in two transfer windows and then finish twelfth is pretty glaring. I've gone with Chelsea. Yeah, I've gone with Chelsea too. Just, just a Tottenham unmissing. honorable mention. But. Tottenham honorable mention. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, and Leicester also an honorable mention. But um, yeah. just an unmitigated disaster. Mm. Disaster. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just crazy. And then, I mean, I was lo- looking through signings from this season, um, you know, t- trying to look at who the who the better ones and worst ones have been. And it's just crazy the amount of players they brought in mm. that have just 
not not been there, like not the, been there or not. Yeah, the really only the anything. only signing they've the only two signings they've made of all the ones they made this season that I can be like that they look promising for the future are Madueke and Enzo Fernandez. Yeah, but then you spent also Enzo Fernandez has to be a world beater to justify on the 120 million yeah euro price tag. Like, yeah, I'm sorry, like I, I, Enzo Fernandez looking solid isn't enough. He needs to be incredible to for that, for that to be worth it. Yeah. The Madueke could bit Sonny could look like good business though, because he was only like thirty five million. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's weird because I mean, I mean, we, we've spoken about this a lot, but like Ch- Chelsea signings, like they always paid a lot for players. But yeah, it was like done in a kind of like astute kind of way. Yeah, this guy's just come in and just thrown money at anything and everything, um, and it's just been embarrassing. Yeah, I saw a clip on of someone saying on a podcast the other day that it was like Todd Bowley's come in. And he's obviously made all these decisions and brought all these players in. And, and I think he's he's got a very big ego and he's just been like, yep, yeah, I can come in, splash the cash and the results will come. And I think he's going to have to have a very big ego check this offseason. And be, yeah. I, I, he either needs to humble himself a little bit and be like, okay, I don't really understand how the league works. Um, I need to listen to the people around me um, or just take a step back. Yeah. Uh, and if he does that, I think they can improve uh, under Pochettino. They can be good. But if he doesn't, and he and he keeps just throwing money everywhere at everyone, Chelsea could be struggling again next season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Chelsea this off season is going to be very interesting. Very to watch. interesting. Like, yeah, because I suppose they've got to do something a bit more astute, but they've also got to strengthen. So yeah. Mm. Um. All right. So overachiever. Um. So I I I've, I'm tied between torn between two teams here. So I wanted to get your help on breaking the tie. Okay. Here I've got Arsenal and Fulham. Mm. So Arsenal, obviously, a lot of people considered thought they wouldn't even finish top four, but then they were in a title race for three quarters of the season mm. uh, ahead for 247 days of the year. So way past people's expectations. But then, in the grand scheme of things, they only moved three spots. Yeah. But then Fulham. Like, you know, not only do they avoid relegation, they finished in the top 10. Mm. I think Fulham. Yeah, okay. I think Fulham. Fulham was the first thing I wrote down and then I chucked Arsenal in there as well. Yeah, I think it's it's just because, you know, just just the gap between where, where I expected them to be and where they ended up was a lot larger in terms of table positions mm. than I think the only thing that was like yeah potentially making me second guess about Fulham is because I did pick them to be an overachiever at the start of the yeah. season and and they have but I guess that by my, by that logic they should be then considered as the overachiever of the season not, yeah. just, not just because I predicted it it should they still are who was your pick anyway um, F- Fulham oh Fulham yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah I, I think it's, it's difficult with Arsenal as well because you know, uh, like in terms of table positions, Fulham, like the gap between where we thought they would be and where they ended up was a lot larger. But those positions at the top are, are, are a lot harder to scale as well. Mm, true. And yeah, the the way Arsenal came out of the start of this season is is a bit ridiculous. Oh, but incredible! Yeah, I, I probably I probably think I probably think Fulham. Yeah, no, yeah. I read it. Yeah. Okay, now for the a couple of fun ones as we round things out. The most improved player this season. There's a host you could pick from in this. So mm. I'll be interested to see which one you've picked. 
I I had a few on the list, but I think I'll be shocked if we pick the same one here. <laughs> uh, I've gone for Jack Grealish. Yeah, interesting. He was on he was on my list, yeah. but I didn't pick him. I think, yeah. I mean, there was obviously the huge price tag. People never live up to. He he struggled a lot. Didn't really feature last season. Still won the league, but this season I think in the Premier League and and in the Champions League as well, he's been huge and. Yeah, I think that's a big, big turnaround, mm. which is difficult to do as well in that. I think it's difficult to do in that team. Yeah. Yeah. My player, uh, that's a good pick, by the way, uh, again, was on my list. Um, my player didn't necessarily feature every game for his team, but just the fact that we, like some of the goals he was scoring and just the fact that he, the way he was playing and the fact that he was being talked about as much as he was after essentially... Like, to any casual fan, you'd be like, who? Yeah. So I've gone for Sean Longstaff. Sean Longstaff. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that Eddie... The, the juice that Eddie Howe has managed to squeeze out of him has just been incredible. Like, yeah. And some of the goals he scored, and even that like na- like that narrow miss he got against one team where he like gets a, controls a pass beautifully, hits it with his left foot and just misses. Oh, and like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just incredible. And like, yes, he's not playing every week, but like, whenever he plays, I'm like, how is... Sean Longstaff playing this well, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. It's it's a good pick. I feel like there's a few there's a few Newcastle players like that who you would have never thought Almiron would yeah. play with that. Yeah, um, Almiron's actually, was, was actually um, arguably a better shout than Sean Longstaff. Now that I think about it, but yeah, um, uh, Willock. Yeah, Willock as well. Yeah, that outside of the foot pass yeah. against Tottenham. Um, you can't really say Joel Linton because he was more last season's most improved player. Yeah, but. Yeah, and I suppose it's Willock, Willock. He was anyway. Anyway, yeah. it's it's a good shout. I, I, some other ones I had in there. Um, Watkins. Yep, big, big, big time. Solly March was very good. Like he's got quite good stats this season. Yep. Um, and I also say Danny Welbeck's in with a shout as well, actually. Yeah, yeah, he was really good. I'm not sure about for this last one. Not sure about most improved, but just comeback story. Kepper. Oh yeah, 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 yeah for um, sure. It's just hard to have a Chelsea player on any positive yeah, award yeah. list. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd also give a shout out to um, uh, Bruno Fernandes. Yeah. As well. I, I, he, I, he wasn't really poor last year, but he was much better this year. Yeah. Um, he's a knob though. <laughs> yeah, he's a knob. Also Luke Shaw as well. But I feel like, again, Luke Shaw was always, has always been good for the national team, but just was much better for United this year. Hmm. And so we're not doing the opposite of that, any are we? What? No, we're not. But had you got someone? I had fucking heaps. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, let's go through it. Fuck it. Why not? I had on the. So list. this is this is flop of the season essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, go on. So there was Nottingham transfers. <laughs> yeah. Um, Coutinho, Sterling, Kukurea. That that's still yeah. that's the right. Yeah. Kukurea. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mope. Yeah. Jorginho to an extent. Yeah. Uh, Mount, yep. Son, and Tomiyasu. Tomiyasu, he straight. He didn't. He didn't really feature that. He's much been this injured season. the entire season. Oh, okay. that's <laughs> harsh, that's harsh, then. <laughs> He's been nowhere. <laughs> um, I'd also throw in uh, who was I just think Anthony Gordon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had Richarlison in the list, but I also wrote the note that he's the Spurs' equal top scorer in the, in in the Champions League. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, true. <laughs> so you know, they, you can you can cherry pick stats. <laughs> 
<laughs> One goal in the Premier League game, but, but, but. But he scored three, uh, yeah, he scored two goals in the Champions League. Yeah. So. Top scored for Tottenham. <laughs> Equal top scorer with Harry Kane. Um, Slim there's a few Spurs players on there, actually. Um, the entire back line, I'd say. Pedro Porro. Uh, uh, Emerson Royale. Yeah. Coolest. Oh, Jungmin Son. Yeah, Son, yeah. Massive. Son. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Kulisevsky as well. I think he burst onto the scene um, last, last year. Mm. And he's had a pretty sh- shit return. Mm. I think that's, that's why I hate the people that are focusing on Richarlison so much. Because they all were terrible. Yeah, yeah, Apart from Harry Kane. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just the price tag for Richarlison. Yeah, and just... the fact that he's got, um, I think, three yellow cards. For taking, taking his, his shirt, shirt and celebrating, yeah. Upside, yeah. Um, but if I had to pick a top three of players who I think have been flops this season, I would probably go uh, Kukurea, Sterling, and Human Son. Yeah. I think Mope. Yeah, true. Mope has been absolutely dog shit. But I think like Mope, I, I didn't have massive high hopes for Mope, but it was like Son. Kukurea was one of the best left-backs in the league last year till, till then that. Sterling... Very good for City last year to this, and Son Golden Boot winner to this. So yeah, like, true. The drop off is steeper in my opinion. Yeah, but, not, but Mope is, has been terrible this season. Yeah, especially with Mope, it's like signing flop. Yeah, as yeah. opposed to true. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh, we've got biggest surprise thing that surprised you the most this season. Um. I've gone Liverpool 7, United nil. Oh, really? Yeah. That, okay, no, that was surprising. That yeah. was surprising. Um, I've gone... I, I mean, I could have picked Chelsea's disaster season as well, but I've gone Leicester's relegation. True. I did not see it coming. I really didn't. I Like, to go from... Like, I was telling you off air the other day that they've gone from winning the league, then 12th, then 9th, 9th, 5th, 5th, 8th, and then relegation. Mm. Like, the drop-off is just crazy and with the 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 talent they have in that team too like players that could could and probably should be playing in the top eight next season Mm. in madison harvey barnes arguably wilford and dd um yeah yeah also because you just thought that they'd turn it around because of that talent but it just didn't work and with brendan rogers as manager as well like yeah and jamie vardy came back in yeah yeah um but yeah obviously chelsea bottom half for the first time since 1996 is also Shocking. Surprising. Yeah, and yeah, honorable mention for me, yeah, obviously Chelsea, but I guess we've already picked it with them being underachiever. Um, the Liverpool game, and then also Tottenham conceding five to Newcastle in 20 minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was that was shocking. Yeah. Like, like not necessarily them losing in a bad manner, because, like, they're Spurs, but, like, me and you were watching that live, right? Yeah. And it was just like, what is going on? <laughs> and yeah, you hear, it was have crazy. You, have, I, saw, I think someone was talking on TalkSport. It's like a viral clip. It's like... There was a Spurs fan that like wrote in or something or called in and said he stopped at a service station, um, like got something to eat, went to the toilet, paid for his fuel, came back out, and Spurs were down two yeah. nil. Like, like the game started as he pulled in and he came, did all that, came back. They were down five nil. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy, mad. Um, yeah, and even within that game, Joe Willock completing a pass like that oh, to, yeah. to Isak. Looking that, like that's David almost, Beckham. Yeah. That's almost surprise of the season. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that United-Liverpool game. Holy shit. Like, that came out of nowhere as well. Yeah. yeah. Just completely unexpected. Um, especially considering the fact that United had beat Liverpool earlier that season with how bad Liverpool had been playing as well. In fact, yeah. And like, 
friend of the show, Jan, call, uh, did, did call it to an extent saying Liverpool were going to come out and win that game, but no one could have predicted the manner and the amount of goals they would score. Because mm. it, it was just after the League Cup win as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah. It was, it was funny because the things that United did wrong in that game had been with United for a long time, but it just came out and like, just yeah. was like a Bruno had, Bruno Bruno disintegrated um, and like the entire back line kind of just got shell-shocked a bit. Yeah. And there was that meme of Mohamed Salah making Lissandro Martinez look the other way. <laughs> I can't remember that one. He's like turning and Martinez is like just looking that way because like Salah like turns him in and out and in again. Oh, um, true. Um, but yeah. Uh, yes, twelfth man tweets love to love to jump on anything like that. All right, finally to round us out, our tenth award of the night, we have our favorite moment of the season. Finish on a nice note. Uh, I think yeah, go on, go on. Oh, <laughs> I I think for me it's it's got to be uh, Ducore, avoiding uh, relegation. Yeah, first yeah, Bournemouth. Nice. Yeah. Funnily enough, for Bournemouth, my favorite moment is Reese Nelson's ninety seventh minute. It's a ninety seventh minute winner. Against Bournemouth. Yeah, true. That was um, a great moment. That was a great moment. And also just the feel around Arsenal and at the club. But that, that was before the drop-off. And that was like, like we're winning these games. These are the type of games that teams who win leagues win. You know, like there was just a really... I think that was like part of our like seven-game winning streak that we had before we started dropping points. And it was just like a... It was before... It was like Saliba, before Saliba got injured. I think it was like... I think it might have been a game or two just before I made that stupid prediction that we might we, we can win the league. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, like that it was just such a euphoric feeling when that goal. I think I watched. I I didn't watch the goal the game live, but I watched that goal. Just just a clip of that goal on no. Sorry, I watched the the mini match on yeah. Reddit on on Optusport. I rewatched that goal. I went back ten seconds, ten seconds, and rewatched that goal like fifteen times. Like mm. just the noise when it goes in, incredible. Yeah. And the fact that it's Reese Nielsen, uh, Reese Nielsen scoring it as well. Oh yeah, yeah, one of our own. So yeah, that was our uh, end of season awards. Again, um, I'll do my best to make a graphic tomorrow, and post all these on the Instagram. But yeah, hope you hope you hope you go enjoyed listening listening to us do that. We've got we've got one more thing to talk about before we round off the episode. But um, give us your thoughts when you see them on the Instagram, or you know, give us your thoughts via Facebook message if you if you're listening and you. Feel some type of way. But anyway, moving on. The last piece of business on tonight's agenda is the FA Cup final, which is on Saturday, uh, UK time, midnight, Saturday, Sunday, um, Australian time. Big game. The first ever Manchester Derby Cup final. Huge. Um, I do do just think, though... (laughs) The, like the winner seems like a bit of a foregone conclusion. It does. Yeah. It does. It, it could. It could be one of those games where United just like turn up and City, you know, have just switched off a little bit between the end of the Premier League season and the Champions League. Yeah. But I don't feel like it is gonna be like. I yeah. feel like Pep's gonna be like, "Oi, we've got a chance to make history here. Let's not fuck about." Yeah. Yeah. I. I just think if you asked a month ago, um, I reckon I would have felt differently, but. City have just gone from strength to strength. They don't look tired. They don't look... They just look like they're enjoying it at the moment. And, and Kevin De Bruyne's coming off two weeks rest as well. Yeah. And there's just so many weaknesses. 
um, in United that like are just kind of easy to exploit in in in, in a sense. So mm. um, yeah, yeah. No Lisandro Martinez at the back. Um, no clear striker up top. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I still think it'll be a close game there yeah. because it's a cup final. They'll they'll, ma- they'll make a fist of it for sure. But I think. Um, City City will rise to the top in the end. Yeah, mm. the cream always rises. Yeah, that's what I was trying to, to think of. Uh, I can't really, I can't really figure it out. <laughs> um, all right, uh, I'm gonna go City two one, two one. Um, I'll say, I reckon it'll be close, and then but bit of like a a bit of daylight in the end. So maybe two nil. Two nil. Okay. Do we think Erling Haaland's going to score in this game? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got a feeling. <laughs> I got a feeling. He hasn't, he hasn't scored for two weeks now. I got a feeling he's, it's going to come. Mm. I feel like it's hard to bet it. Like, it's hard to bet against him yeah. scoring. Um, but yeah, I think he'll score. And maybe like a, a Riyad Mahrez. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Off the yeah. bench? Yeah. Yeah, nice. Okay. Um there also is the Europa League uh, final, which is which uh, as, as you guys are hearing this would would have been played uh, earlier this morning, uh, Thursday morning. Uh, it's currently Wednesday night as we record this. So, but we've me and Wilbur have already given our predictions on what we think is going to happen in that one. We think Jose Mourinho is going to shit house his way to another European Cup final. It's funny. The one thing I will say about this before we finish up is um, one streak will end tomorrow morning. Sevilla have never lost a European final. Jose has never lost a European final. True. Yeah. So, well, one streak will end. I back Jose. Yeah. So do I. I back Jose <laughs> as well. So yes. Um, I guess we'll find out. But yes, uh, that as we approach the hour, that will bring us uh, bring a close to episode ninety-eight of the forty-yard switch. Two more to go. Um, FA Cup reactions and Champions League final final thoughts uh, next week, um, and then obviously the big hundred. Uh, the following week after that we hope you've enjoyed listening to us give you our end of season awards um, and we hope you agree with them or like them and if not as always feel free to uh, tell us why or why not uh, if you've liked what you've heard as always follow us on 40yardswitch.pod on Instagram look out for when we post a story because that's when we post an episode and if you like us uh, a lot give us a 5 star rating on Spotify and follow us on there as well as always, you've been uh, Wooby, <laughs> and I've been Woody. We'll see you later.